Welcome to Defining You with your host, Dr. Martina DeVries and co-host, Dr. Vincent Fryer. The show is written and produced by Dr. Martina DeVries. Defining You is all about what mental health means to you and helping you live a more fulfilled life. We will explore this through various topics every two weeks. Now join us. Sit back and relax for this week's topic. On today's podcast, we will be discussing various herbal supplementations for helping with symptoms of depression. We will also be discussing over what depression is at the biological level. And then we will be getting into science-supported ways for treating and even perhaps avoiding depression altogether. Today, in particular, we will be discussing St. John's Wort, SAM-E, as well as EPA fatty acids. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's podcast. begin discussing the various herbal supplements that might help you with uh, treating some of the symptoms of depression, I would like to go over some of the causes and symptoms of major depressive disorder. So the causes are very complex. They can stem from you having brain dysfunction, your genetics, the environment, biology, age, And some psychological factors can all play a role in the development of major depressive disorder. There are several theories of why it happens. One of the first theories that was postulated was that depression is caused by low levels of serotonin in the brain because serotonin is believed to regulate our mood. However, the problem with that theory was that when we actually use SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which is a type of antidepressant, it increases the levels of serotonin instantly. But we can see the improvements in mood, um, they can actually take several weeks. So this fact alone led researchers to believe that there are different theories out there and different mechanisms that cause depression. Over the years, other theories have evolved, which we won't get into now, like the role of inflammation and neurotoxicity and circadian rhythm abnormalities, but this can definitely be a subject for another episode. So what are some of the symptoms of depression? Thanks, Dr. Doris, for giving a little bit of uh, context to depression. So definitely uh, symptoms of depression can vary from patient to patient. Uh, some of the ones we're going to talk about in a minute are common, and a lot of people experience some or or even none of these. Um, and it can be very difficult um, to diagnose simply because of the range um, of symptoms people have. They vary, and they can really be so different for different people. So some of the ones we have listed are um, anxiety, uh, pains, and I should say aches and pains and anxiety, cramps, digestive problems, fatigue, guilt, headaches, hopelessness, inability to sleep, irritability, loss of appetite, loss of interest in favorite activities, as well as overeating, sadness, or emptiness, sleeping too much, and as well, thoughts of death or suicide. 
Now, one important factor to think about when we talk about symptoms of depression is personality and how that can factor into it. Um, A lot of people, when they feel depressed, can become withdrawn, hesitant to uh, socialize. They have feelings of guilt, worthlessness. They can isolate themselves. While for the others, they can kind of get opposite. They can be very irritable, hostile. And an, another common thread is a lot of it isn't necessarily sadness, as most people would realize it, but it's kind of what we would call anhedonia. And anhedonia is what, what a lot of people describe as an inability to feel pleasure. I guess what's important to note here is that um, some people might experience opposite symptoms of depression. So one person can um eat too much and the other person can lose weight because they have loss of appetite or one person can sleep too much and the other person has um, something called early morning awakening or cannot sleep at all and have insomnia. So there was actually this interesting study done by uh, Freed et al. Um, I'll spell the last name F-R-I-E-D uh, called the 52 symptoms of major depression. Um, and actually in that study, he analyzed the seven commonly used scales um, for diagnosing depression. And what they found is that these scales encompass 52 different symptoms of depression uh, and how it can present. And what was actually even more interesting is that um, all of these scales did not really overlap um, between those seven scales. So meaning that there wasn't much commonality that that people can experience a lot of symptoms. So so we do caution you. Um, diagnosing depression is is a very involved process um, than what we may suggest on on this show. So please don't self-diagnose. Um, and if you are, do suspect you're depressed, uh, please get the opinion of a mental health clinician or your primary care doctor. Um, in general, uh, mood disorders are very difficult to diagnose. Um, the reason is because we cannot measure them objectively. We don't have CT scans or MRIs. Uh, I mean, those are used for research purposes only at this moment. So to diagnose depression, uh, we need to weigh subjective symptoms. Um, and, and those are the symptoms that the patients tell us, such as anxiety, fatigue, or or insomnia. Um, and not only those symptoms are subjective, uh, but not everyone living with depression will have them all, and the sever- severity of it will also differ from person to person. Okay, so it looks like we are going to start with our first supplement, medication. Uh, I don't know, what is there a nutraceutical? I think that's the... It's a, uh, would they like to use nutraceutical? So we're going to discuss firstly St. John's wort. So St. John's wort is also known as Hypercurium perfatorium. I think I'm saying that correctly. It is a beautiful yellow flower that blooms every spring. Now, one of the important parts about St. John's wort is it is one of the most well-studied natural herbs out there. There are more than 40 published clinical trials on this. And this is really important um, because the 
include comparisons with tricyclic antidepressants as well as what we know as SSRIs or serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitors. One study of interest that I kind of wanted to share with everyone is by Apiaden et al. And this was in 2016. And basically, uh, it really showed that St. John's wort is more effective than placebo no surprise there, and showed about an equivalent to low-dose tricyclic antidepressants um, and was equivalent to standard doses of SSRIs. So that's that's some pretty good evidence, especially as they pointed out for mild to moderate depression. And I would say, you know, as our discussion before Dr. DeVries, um, mild to moderate depression is one that I would say predominates most of the patients you and I would see on a regular basis. And for most people, mild to moderate depression is what uh, most people would experience throughout um, their lives. So how does St. John's wort work? Well, it is thought to work by modulating cytokine production. Cytokines are these inflammatory markers that are present all over the body. And in a lot of cases, they can be helpful, obviously, if you have an infection, if you cut your finger, things like that. But they're believed to have a role in the brain um, in inflammation. And that inflammation is postulated, which means basically it's believed to work to... um, on depression and making depression worse. So what St. John's Wort is believed to do is to kind of dampen that down, which is the way it improves depression. So the dosing of it. So these are recommended doses from studies. These are not personal recommendations for anyone out there. So please do not take this as personal medical advice. You should definitely contact your individual prescriber or physician for that. So the recommended dose is between 300 and 1,800 milligrams a day. So it's usually dosed, taking it two to three times a day, and it is used on average between 900 and 1,200 milligrams a day. So one of the good things is it's really cheap, and it only costs between 13 to $20 a month, obviously depending on the dose you would be considering taking. Now, safety-wise, It is thought to be a very safe natural product with very mild side effects. Some of the side effects that are reported uh, pretty consistently include constipation, dizziness, dry mouth. Um, There are some more serious side effects which can occur like phototoxicity, which is where your skin becomes extremely sensitive to sunlight. We also note that people with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder should be very careful when taking the supplement as it can cause um, what, what is known as a switch to mania or cycling to mania. Now, another medication, another um, issue that it can cause is serotonin syndrome. So serotonin syndrome is when it is combined with other antidepressants like what we mentioned, fluoxetine, sertraline, uh, things like that. Most uh, these serotonin syndrome is a very rare condition, but things that it causes are agitation, restlessness, diarrhea, confusion, heart rapid heart rate, high blood pressure, and heavy sweating. Now, if this were to happen again, we suggest you it is a medical emergency, and you if you experience any of these symptoms, please directly go to an emergency room or call nine one one. So the third part of that, this conversation is drug-to-drug interactions. So this is what I think a lot of physicians um, and uh, pharmacists, as well as a lot of people, have concerns regarding St. John's Wort. It is one of the biggest issues is just that it's interactions. So we have in our body what I think most people know is called a liver. And the liver, its job is to process and break down substances, including drugs, alcohol, food, 
protein, fats, thing, and kind of package it up and move it throughout the body. Now, St. John's wort is a pretty potent, what we call um, inducer. So inducer means it increases the enzymes, and enzymes are what break down um, drugs and alcohol. So it increases P34A. This is just one of many enzymes in the liver. And this, what this can actually do is it can mean drugs that you would normally take, like high, pressure, high blood pressure drugs or other medications. Um, it can actually lower the effective dose, putting you at risk for certain conditions. So... So John's what is really not advised um, and should be careful, carefully used with consideration and discussion with your physician uh, because drugs like warfarin, um, cyclosporin, um, contraceptive medications, um, theophylline, digoxin, indivinar, camptoprazar, zolpidem, irintinacetan, olanzapine and other medications all can be directly affected and can reduce their effectiveness, putting them at risk for multiple different medical conditions and interactions. So the next one, I'm going to hand you over to Dr. DeVries, and she's going to discuss SAMe. Right. So what does SAMe stand for? It's actually very difficult to pronounce, um, but I will try it. Um, S-adenosylmethionine. and what it does is that it is a methyl donating compound that circulates in the blood and provides methyl groups to maintain other metabolic reactions. Um, so why why is this important in the first place? Uh, lowered SAMe levels um, are associated with uh, depressive symptoms and that's why it is believed that supplementation of SAMI may aid um, a part may aid in alleviating those symptoms of depression. Um, so some body states appear to be associated with low circulating levels of um, SAMI, uh, which include osteoarthritis and depression. Um, so, so how does it? work is that like like I stated before it's a methyl donor uh, so the methyl group that Sammy actually donates is very important in controlling various physiological processes um, in particular neurotransmitter synthesis such as serotonin and dopamine and that's that's how it's postulated to kind of help you with depression because it it helps in the creation of the neurotransmitters responsible for your mood regulation. And SAMI, just like St. John's Wort, is very well studied. Um, there are actually more than 50 clinical trials published for SAMI and depression. And there are studies that support SAMI as more effective than placebo um, and about equivalent in efficacy for depression as the um, tricyclic antidepressants. So there's one study that I came across and I would like to mention um, that actually compared SAMI to antidepressants. Um, it was uh, done by Saris et al., S-A-R-R-I-S, and they actually found that SAMI was superior to escitalopram um, during weeks when taken during weeks two to six, but not uh, superior to escitalopram between the weeks of 8 to 12. Um, 
So acetalopram response was slow as, as we would have expected um, because most antidepressants take about four to six weeks, sometimes longer to wor- work. But, you know, it caught up eventually with Sammy late in the trial. Um, some of the drug interactions, uh, the good news is that Sammy does not appear to have drug interactions, um, unlike St. John's wort. Uh, so it can be combined with your antidepressants or any other medical medication that you take. Um, but also mention to your provider that you're taking Sammy. Um, some studies note, um, the side effects that in a small set of partip- participants, um, they may experience switching into mania after supplementing SAMI. And what mania is, um, is that it's a state of the opposite of being depressed. So people might become elated, have euphoric mood, they can become grandiose, um, meaning sometimes feel like they're on top of the world, they spend money that they don't have, perhaps be hypersexual, more talkative. Um, they experience uh, racing thoughts, so they speak very fast to you. So if you do experience some of those symptoms, please seek medical attention. Um, but it is very safe to take in general uh, with the most common side effects include insomnia, loss of appetite um, or anorexia, constipation, nausea, dry mouth, sweating, dizziness, and, and sometimes anxiety. So, so things to consider for it and why it's a negative for Sammy is that it is one of the more expensive natural remedies out there. So a 400 milligram tablet, one tablet may cost you between 0.75 cents to $1.25. So for the individual who needs a very high dose, the, the cost could add up and be quite substantial, uh, which could cost a person about $40 per month for this supplementation. Um, and the studies that I looked at, um, they used doses between 600 and 1200 milligrams per day range, um, divided into two or three separated uh, doses with meals. And this is quite a big uh, range, you know, 600 to 1200 milligrams um, per day. So talk to your physician about which dose might be right for you, um, because our bodies all react um, differently to different doses. So next up is, um, we'll talk about fish oil. Okay, that sounds a little fishy to me, Mr. Voos. So fish oil, I'm sure most people have heard of it. It's very common, um, commonly used um, in for cardiologists as well as the cardiovascular areas. Um, if in those areas, it helps just keep the blood slippery, so to say, and not clot. But we're actually going to be, again, talking about it for depression. So what is fish oil? So fish oil, there's really two uh, pass to it when we talk about omega-3 fatty acids. We have EPAs, which I am not going to say because it sounds like Ikeo, Seca, Pentawionic 
acid, and DHAs, which, again, I'm not going to say either. Uh, these omega-3 fats are usually found in fish, commonly, as well as animal products and phytoplankton. So fatty acids such as EPA and DHA are v- involved in ve- regulating various biological processes in our body, such as the inflammatory response and various pathways that exist to regulate our regular bodily functions, as well as helping out in the brain. So how does it work? So in particular, it was found that um, omega-3 fatty acids seem to be most effective um, for people with major depressive. EPA in particular seems to be the most effective part of the omega-3 fatty acid. And again, it's believed, as we talked about with some of the SAMe, as well as uh, St. John's Wort to help in that neuromodulation and neuroinflammation with the cytokines we reiterated before. So... It also seems to postulate to work by stabilizing the neuronal membrane. That's a lot of big words, but basically it means to help regulate the coming in and going out of different transporters in terms of um, cations and anions like sodium, potassium, magnesium, things like that within the brain, which are all important in inflammation as well as regular brain function. So what are the drawbacks besides having fish breath? I'm only joking. That's uh, no longer a problem with some of the newer pills. It used to be a problem in the past and something people would commonly complain of, especially when they would burp. Just so you know, I didn't know if you know that, Dr. DeVries. Um, I actually did know that, and that's one of the reasons why I haven't been taking fish oil supplements for a really long time. Well, they make these new ones, and they are encapsulated and they say they don't smell because I think they grow them as you pointed out in your um, in the podcast from plankton now they actually harvest them so instead of um, actually just getting fish and squeezing it um, to get the oil out they actually are harvested using plankton they grow it organically mm, so any vegans or vegetarians out there so what are the drawbacks um, so some formulations may contain harmful liquid lipid peroxidize peroxidize so these are uh, things that are being that can damage cells but it's really we're not really clear on what the overall outcome and what they can actually uh, affect your health has so in pharmacies and supermarkets you may notice the term omega-3 fatty acids and fish oil so what's really the difference So fish oil is really referring to a solution of fatty acids where omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA, are the dominant um, in the solution. Fish is by far the most common source of fish oil, relatively speaking. I I didn't think anyone on this this podcast would say, oh boy, I thought, you know, cattle was the most common source of fish oil. Anyway, hence the name, but an artificially manufactured DHA-EHA dominant mixture from any source can also be considered fish oil. Uh, typical fish oil can contain small amounts of other fatty acids, usually DPA and fatty acids that don't belong to the omega-3 group. Alpha-linoic acid, or which is what's found in nuts and seeds, is an omega-3 fatty acid that can be turned into EPA and DHA, but it is not itself a fish oil fatty acid. Now, the most effective doses are between 1 to 2 grams. There is one meta-analysis done by Sublet et al. I am really doing well today on the pronunciation of these people's names. And in this study, it looked at 15 studies, which uh, look altogether at 916 participants. It found that studies that used fish oil 
with more than 60% EPA were significantly more effective in treating depressive symptoms, but supplements using less than 60% EPA were uh, ineffective. So so this is important um, because if you are looking to buy fish oil supplements, it's important to at least see that you're taking at least 1,000 milligrams EPA, um, not DHA. Because EPA is the omega-3 fatty acid that will um, help with depressive symptoms and and other symptoms as well. Okay. Thank you for that, Dr. DeVries. The average dose range in terms of EPAs, as uh, Dr. DeVries was mentioning, um, in the studies they look between 200 and 2200 milligrams a day. So there's an, it's also been studied um, omega-3s for treatment of bipolar disorder. Saris et al. Um, studied uh, 291 subjects, I should say, with bipolar disorder. But in this study, it was shown that bipolar patients that use omega-3, it's best when it's used in the depressive state, and it didn't really help on the treatment of mania. Right, and as opposed to at SAMe, it, it doesn't seem to flip people back into mania either. So it's it's safe to use in people with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Yeah. So so what are some of the common side effects of fish oil? Common side effects, as we alluded to in our fun conversation, fishy taste in the mouth, as well as having an upset stomach. Obviously it is oil and some people are more sensitive to oils and things like that. And when they break down it can cause um discomfort and kind of um, in the stomach area. There's also suggesting that omega-3s can cause bleeding. As we indicated, it is commonly used um, in for, by cardiologists to keep the blood slipperier to help stop clotting. So this would, again, go along with that. Okay, so one of the more concerning things is when the um, EPAs were used in very high doses, between 6 to 10 grams per day. So we were talking in milligrams, but these are grams. Um, it did induce mania in some patients, which is obviously not a good thing. And something, again, which we recommend that when starting, considering, or using these drugs, definitely talk to your regular doctor. They are not without side effects. They cannot cause also other issues within your health and can they can also affect other medications that you take. So it's really important that you consider all these things and discuss fully with your regular clinical physician or whoever prescribes your medications just so they're able to be aware and they can guide you and counsel you through if there are going to be any interactions. But I think, Dr. DeVries, we are coming to the conclusion of our podcast today. Did you want to leave the uh, listeners with any food for thought besides uh, the wonderful fish oil? Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we're coming up with part two of um, supplements for treatment of depression um, and that will come out in two weeks and I hope you like this episode. Please leave a review, leave comments on uh, what sort of topics you'd like to discuss and please visit me on my website, whatisyourdefinition.com and I hope you keep listening.